Southern sits back alone at the top of SWAC men's basketball. We compare the HBCU Legacy Bowl to the HBCU Combine, and Alabama State has some interesting incentives for their student-athletes. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, and we're discussing Southern, who has knocked off Texas Southern and sits alone at the top of Swike men's basketball, but it's not quite time for them to get comfortable. Not at all. But we're going to get into the game first because they deserve to get credit for how they won this game. And they won this game by weathering a very early storm, a very early storm by Texas Southern. And after Southern was able to win that, I'm going to call them the Jaguars and Tigers because Texas Southern Southern kind of get a little tongue twisted and maybe even confusing for you just that I miss Texas or whatnot. So we're just going to go with Jaguars, which is Southern. and We're going to go with Tigers, which is Texas Southern. Right. So the Jaguars were able to win this game because they they weathered an early storm by the Tigers. And when I look at it, I thought that the Tigers were going to come in and, and pull it out because they were on a six-game winning streak. They were red hot. But the Jags didn't care about that. You know, they did not care about that at all. And they said, go ahead. Go ahead and uh, take this L. Head, I'm going to head on back to Louisiana. And we're going to be alone at the top of Swag Men's Basketball. And that's exactly how it happened. But when they started off the game, it looked as if I was going to be correct. Because Texas Southern came out, I mean, blazing. They made seven of nine of their first shots. They made four first. Their, uh, they made four threes. All this happened within the first within the first five and a half minutes. After that, it was. I'm talking about they couldn't buy a uh, buy a bucket with a pocket full of twenties. All right, because every shot they were putting up from that point, it just felt like it wouldn't go down. And you know, you got to credit you got to credit Southern for that. But when you look at these these numbers. They went five for 20 for the rest of the half. So they started off seven for nine. They ended up 12 for 29. Like they just went completely cold. So after that hot stretch, they shooting 25%. They didn't make another three the rest of the half. They made one three the rest of the game. So overall, when you look at it, yes, they were able to start really hot and they were able to open up to a lead. And suddenly they were able to open up to a lead because Southern wasn't catching up with it with their scoring. But once they did, it was it was over because this game wasn't really back and forth. It tied a couple times. The only time the lead changed was once the Jaguars were able to take the lead. So once Southern took the lead, TSU never caught it back. So this wasn't a situation where everything was going back and forth. They tied it one time. Other than that, they tied it. But taking the lead, no. Southern had control of this from the very beginning. And the Tigers were just playing catch up the whole time. And as unfortunate as that is for me to say, um, that is what happened. Because you look at it, the rest of the game, in the second half, they couldn't shoot anything. They they, they went one of 11 from three, talking about TSU. And then they shot six of 21. So that cold streak, as soon as it started, it never stopped. It wasn't a situation where they went cold in the middle of the game and Southern when they was able to take advantage of it. No, once the Tigers went on a cold streak, 
the Jaguars took advantage, but then also they just never let up. And really, the Tigers never really got better either. They never started shooting better. And all of that hot shooting that came in their Saturday game versus Grambling quickly dissipated. Because if you thought that that was going to bail them out, the bench points weren't there, the things that just plagued them. I thought Jordan Carl Nicholas had a decent game. Um, he, he, he stepped up. And it was just, I mean, those are the type of plays you want to step up, right? But it just wasn't enough. It just was not enough. And Southern overall just was better. And they sweep, they sweep the season series between these two teams. So, and listen, hold on. I want to I want to give a special credit to Southern's defense, the Jaguar defense, because it could be a situation where the Tigers just couldn't make a shot, right? Just couldn't make a shot. But you got to credit the defense because you see it in a multitude of turnovers and they had 19 turnovers on the day. So, and they were able to um, score points off of these turnovers. So they were able to convert the defense, the Jaguars were able to convert their defense into offense. And I think that was the thing right there because once Southern figured it out and they figured out, all right, this is how we're going to defend this team. What nothing the Tigers could do about it. They just never figured out a correction to their correction. And that's how they ended up losing this game. But Southern shouldn't feel comfortable because, look, they posted a, a video celebrating after the game, and they deserve it because this was the marquee matchup of the day. You know, the two top teams in the SWAC facing off one last time. Um, super important. And you had a chance to sweep them. And I think with this, they effectively put TSU out of uh, real reach of getting the first place. They can get it, but I just I, I don't think it's going to happen. But they deserve to do this. You look at that, you play TSU, one of the top teams, other than yourself, y'all tied for first. And you you fighting for outright first place, right? Y'all both tied right now, but you're fighting for outright first place. Well, you knock them off, you deserve to celebrate. I'll give you that. TSU, I think you're kind of done as far as getting the first place. You know, you can always win the tournament. I don't. But as far as regular season champs, I think that's done because they would need Southern to lose two more games than they did. And... I think in that situation, it's probably there's only five games left. So it basically is going to require TSU to be perfect, which can happen. But they also got PV and Alcorn on the, on their uh, on the record. I mean, on their schedule. You look at that; those are two losable games. Like in like, I wouldn't be shocked if they won both games. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost both games, and I wouldn't be shocked if they just split them. But they're both losable games, and that would require the Jaguars to lose three. Then, and I just don't see that happening. So I think the idea of them getting two games because, you know, they lost the season series, so they, they wouldn't have a tiebreaker. They have to win it outright. A tie doesn't go to them. A tie goes to Southern. And I think that when you look at just how both of these teams' schedules fall out, I find it very unlikely that Southern loses two more games than TSU does. I just, I just struggle to believe that. So I think they're kind of out of it. But why shouldn't they be comfortable? That's because Alcorn is right there. Like, they're only one game behind, and they lost to Alcorn. So Alcorn would have the tiebreaker on them. Now, how a three-game tiebreaker works, or three-team tiebreaker, I'm not quite sure. But as far as one tiebreaker versus one tiebreaker, like just Southern and Alcorn tie versus Alcorn and TSU tie, that's not falling in favor. And actually, TSU lost to Alcorn earlier in the season. They still play them again. So I don't know how that would change if they were to split. But if they were to get swept by them, a three-game tie, you can, you can almost pencil yourself in at third place, likely, at the best. You know, then you fighting Gremlins and FAMU, which you beat both of them. So you you would have the tiebreaker over both of them. But that's what it's looking at. Alcorn, Southern, that's the close game because Southern, it does deserve to have, like I said, Southern does deserve to celebrate. But Alcorn, they're right around the corner. I think that's the most um, 
the, the thing I appreciate the most about this season is that at no point can anybody relax. There's no cushion. It's just as soon as you thwart one threat, it's another one. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's like a comic book where every time you get the first character, it's like, dang, another, another villain on the way? And that's exactly how it is. Not saying Alcorn's a villain, but if you look at Southern Story, they just might be. Um, so that's what I think it is. And going forward, we're going to be discussing the differences, in my opinion, on the HBCU Legacy Bowl versus the HBCU Combine. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the Swiss Army knife of bars, because when I look at this, when I look at this bar, I say, if you want it to be a protein bar, it can be that because they have 17 grams of protein. So if you want to go to the to the um, to the gym, you want to try to put it and try to get your workout in and incorporate it in that you can do it. It has the necessary protein to do that. If you just want to snack something that tastes good, it has that, too, because they have a multitude of different flavors. And then also they have everything's covered in chocolate. So it's like not like it's hurting for flavor. It's going to make you feel good. But if you just want something to snack on that, you know, maybe like I want to be a little health conscious. Four grams of sugar, four net carbs. It's nothing. I think that this is honestly the best bar on the, on the market. And you look at it and they say, you got this many flavors, that many flavors, this many flavors. Anything. I refuse to believe that somebody cannot find at least one flavor of Built Bar that they like. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15. Tell me I'm a liar, because I promise you I'm not. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, we're discussing the HBCU Legacy Bowl versus the HBCU Combine in a situation where these are two completely different events. And I want to compare the differences between them and not just the differences in location, right? So the HBCU Combine was in, in Mobile, Alabama. The Legacy Bowl is going to be in New Orleans, Louisiana. So that's one slight difference, just the, the venue. But when you look at it, it's Saturday. It's this Saturday. And it's going to be in Louisiana at Tulane. But I think a big difference when you look at them is they're just meant for completely different things. Like they're completely different events, but they're set up to accomplish the same thing. So let's talk about the one similarity first. And that one similarity is the fact that they're both built to increase the visibility of players, whether that was HBC or not. It's the HBCU centric event, but that doesn't basically look at it like this. One's the combine, just regular. Let's look at this. It's an NFL combine versus something like a senior bowl. So combines are meant, and, and excuse me, combines and bowl games are meant to increase the visibility of players. And because this is HBCU centric, this is meant to increase the HBCU visibility. And that's that's the one distinction. But I feel like if I compare it to something else, it'd be the easiest thing in the world to understand. Just a little parallel. So they're both meant for that, but they do it in different ways. So now let's get into the difference because I didn't want to jump ahead. And I want to talk about something similar first. Now let's get into it. So with combines, they're best for, in my opinion, they're best for showcasing traits. Like, oh, he's speedy. He's agile. He's 
explosive, right? He's strong. He's doing the bench press. He's strong. Um, and those things are great. I don't want to, I want to slide them at all. Those things are great. And everything I'm about to say is great for different ways, but those things are like, okay, he's agile. He can do this, but you don't run a three cone drill. We were talking to Shamar, Shamar Bridges, um, last Friday. And he was saying how his training is even different for the three cone drill, the, the 40, just the way you move is a little bit different because I think it's more of a formulaic approach and you're not doing that. Like how, how often are you running down? Boom, boom. Like, yes, you, you do that sometimes. Maybe if you're running back, it just shows your change of direction. And it's short and it's shorts and shirt work. That's what it is. It's shorts and shirts work. And then even the field drill, because you go on the field and you run routes, that's a little bit more normal. By the end of the day, you're not you're not getting covered by anybody. You know, I think combines are great for, for quarterbacks because you can see how the ball flies off their hand. You can see the uh the accuracy, you can see just the touch you can see a lot of things about a quarterback mechanisms uh or mechanics i should say excuse me like you can see a lot of things about a quarterback i think combines are like phenomenal for a quarterback they might be the best quarterbacks and wide receivers because you can see the, the route running but you look at an offensive lineman you look at defensive lineman you can see something edge rush you can see some things you know as as it gets greater cornerbacks can't you can see some things you can see the movement but wide receivers quarterback i feel like quarterback I feel like you get the best feel of what they are in the legacy bowl, man. It's real football. I'm already seeing them post one-on-ones. No more running routes on air. This is real football. Put your pads on. You know, if you're going to run an out route, let's see you run an out route. If you're going to cover an out route, let me see you cover it. You know, cause you're not watching cornerbacks cover. You're not watching safeties cover. You're watching how they move at the combine, but you're not watching them cover. Now at the legacy bowl, you get to see real football. Like these are the type of things that get me excited. I'm happy about because at the end of the day, how you move in a 40-yard dash is great, but if you can't apply it, they still show traits, but it's about showing how closely they are related to your game, how you actually show them in your game. And not just film, you get to see how a player practices, all of these things. I think this is absolutely great. I prefer the, the Legacy Bowl, personally. Like, the 40 doesn't do much for me. Now, if you run a 4-3, I'm like, ooh, all right. I, I struggle to see how a 4-3 doesn't translate to the field. But for the most part, it's like, I want to see what you do on the field. That's that's my thing. That's what I love. Um, and whatever. I think the I think the combine is for anybody. But one other thing that it is, there was 30 players at the HBCU combine. At the Legacy Bowl is nearly 100. And it's from a whole lot of different schools. And I thought that um, one of the founders, Shaq Harris, he said something that I thought was pretty interesting. And this, this is going to fix this problem, in my opinion. And that is, um, where's the quote? I believe they evaluate the school, not the player. Some of these guys have been missed. We're thankful for these those guys who played in the NFL and led the way those guys are playing now. And I do think it's easy to fall victim to that. Oh, fam, you, Jackson State, I know they got good players. Let me look at them. I might miss somebody from whatever school, right? Right. I might miss somebody from Delaware State. Like, those situations are things that I feel like it's not hard for a scout to run into just because you know you're going to find talent at Jackson State. You know you're going to find talent at fam, you. Especially if you got Marquise Bell, right? You look at a guy like James Houston, Akil Glass at Alabama AM. You got one of these star players out there. Not everybody gets that look. That's the beautiful thing, right? You show out why scouts there, even if they were looking for glass, then oh wow, who's this linebacker right here? You know, that's the situation that you can run into. Um, but they might not catch a guy at, at Delaware State. Just might not happen. And I'm just throwing out Delaware State just as the first school that came to my head that wasn't one of those two. Um but yeah, 
So I think that's that is a situation now at the Legacy Bowl. Everybody's here, so that's kind of fixed. Everybody's in one in one area, and you'll see a guy from a Delaware State going against a FAMU, right? So now if that if that FAMU guy doesn't do well against Delaware State, or that Delaware State just gets the best of FAMU, now you start getting on the market. I mean, on on the map. So I think that's one of the best distinction that it has, both the amount of players and just the type of action that you get to see. I think those are the biggest differences, and I think those are one of – and look, they're both great for everything, but I think those are one of the biggest differences, and I also think it's one of the biggest benefits is that it is a larger sample size, more people in one area. Then also you get to see how they really play football. You get to see how they practice. I love those things. And going forward, I want to discuss one of the incentives that Alabama State is giving their their student-athletes, and I'm like, hmm, this one's interesting. And I kind of like that one. Well, first, I want to tell you about betonline.net, the number one spot to wage on anything that you need. Football season is over. The Super Bowl has concluded it all. But trust and believe that built uh, that bet online has way more things to bet on. I would love to say that they could do baseball, but we're still waiting on that. That ain't, that ain't their fault. But what they do have is basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, everything. And basketball season is right up, is, is right up and running. Right. Football season is over. So now it's all eyes on basketball. John Morant, you know, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. You know, after the All-Star break, you'll be able to see James Harden and hopefully Ben Simmons. Like these are new players or all players that they can have player prop bets on. You can just bet on the game if you want to. But if you want to get more specific on what each player is going to do, you can do that at betonline.net as well. That's why they're the best in the business, because they give you so many things that you can choose from. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, Alabama State is paying for academic achievements of their student athletes. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think that that sounds weird. Like saying it out loud sounds odd. It really does. But when you look at it, it's nothing. A, A, I think paying, saying paying for academics of an athlete just sounds weird. But like when you look at it deeper, it's not really a problem because you're not paying for work. Like you're not paying somebody like, hey, Sally, hey, 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 John, come, come do this work real quick. You know, DeAndre, come, come write this essay for my player real quick. It's not anything like that. That's how it sounds to me. Like at first, I know what it is because I read the article. I read about it. And I figured that wasn't what it was because who's going to broadcast that? But that's how it sounds at first. But when you look a little deeper, it's like, no, it's no problem with it. You're paying for their own academic achievements. And then also in the NIL era, because that still kind of sounds weird. You're paying them to get good grades. But in the NIL era, they're getting paid from anything and everywhere. Paying a, an athlete isn't a hush-hush subject anymore. It's not odd. It's not taboo. And it's not something that you have to do under the table. They're getting paid publicly from anywhere. I've seen this guy get at Arkansas. He got paid for having a dog. Like he got a, he got an NIL deal for having a dog. Um, and did I overly simplify that? Yeah. But essentially, if he didn't have that dog, he's not getting a pet code. Or I think it was pet code or whatever. He's not getting that NIL deal. He got He got a deal he got paid for having a dog and taking care of it he 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 does well with his dog but if you can get paid off your dog your dog ain't getting that money so if he can get paid off his dog 
man, let these kids get paid for having good grades. Y'all remember as a kid when your parents used to like, like you probably real young, and your parents used to pay you for getting good grades. Like you got an A, you get this much. You got to B, you get this much. I mean, I don't look. I don't either. But because that never happened to me, but I heard it happen. Um, I actually don't know anybody it truly happened to, but like I heard it. Like I heard it around when I was younger. Um, I don't think it was fake. I think it was real. I don't know though. Um, but I never happened. I never. It never happened to me. I wish it did. Right. I was in here just getting good grades for free, and I could have getting. I could have been getting paid. Right, but that's essentially what it is. Think of that, because I'm sure you've heard of the concept. Your parents paying you money for getting good grades. Now, instead of your parents and instead of you, it's Alabama State and it's these student athletes. I know, man. If I wish, I sit there and I wish. I'm like, dang, man. I, sh I should start failing just in case. Like, just this six weeks, I should fail and like pay me some incentives. But, <laughs> but overall, man, that's what Alabama State's doing. And I don't see any problem with it. I don't see any problem with it. They get paid from anywhere and everywhere. You know, you can get paid by degree deodorant, right? You can get paid by this microphone company who I'm not going to promote. I don't even know why I promoted the deodorant. Uh, but you can get paid by all of these people. Why not let your school actually pay you? You know, I don't have any problem with that. And it's not, like I said, it's not a situation where you're paying for somebody to do their work. You're incentivizing them to get good grades. And for so long, you can, you, know, you can do the NIL, but for so long, you're a student athlete, but it's like this athlete part is way more important. Not anymore. Um, I think they're actually placing an emphasis on making sure you try to get good grades. Try. And there's some there's some parameters, there's some things that you have to deal with. Let's read them out real quick because you have to fit this. Um, scholarship student athletes will be eligible for the academic incentive program, if they maintain department, institutional, conference, and NCAA academic, social, community standards during fall and spring semester. So all in all, I say let's do it because that is what you have to do. It's nothing but an incentive. It's nothing but an incentive. It's, it's a, I have another quote real quick. Um, I'm very excited to be part of the team that created this initiative for student athletes. This is Director of Intercollegiate Athletes, uh, Dr. Jason Cable, saying this. And I think it's very important that we continue to find ways to enhance the student athlete experience and what better way to do so than to provide education related benefits via direct financial support to our student athletes. Boom. Make the grades count. Make them want to get good grades. Who don't want to have some more money in their pocket? You know, I, I mean, look, you might not get them. If you do, you do. I think it's great. And I, I'm in all support of this because at the end of the day, I'm all about people getting their money. And if you can get money, and this is very um, over the table, paying for getting good grades, paying for what they do on the field, let these athletes get some money while they're there. Everybody don't get this, right? You don't get this opportunity to go further. Let them get this money, man. They got four or five, six years, maybe, depending on who they are, to collect these to collect the money. Let them get done. That's my opinion on it. And I think that's why you make HBC Locked on HBC your first listen of the day every day to hear my opinion on it. For your second listen of the day, we're talking about money, right? Go to Locked on Bets and listen to your boy Q and Lee Sterling give you expert analysis to get all of the money that you need. Need That's free game for big games. It's really that simple. And in the meantime, in between time, y'all can catch me on that blue app, that bird. Yes, Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.